Of course, sustainability, gender, human rights are all massive issues. Uh, traceability, but at the end of the day, it's it's about uh, business increasing. It's about business and 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 trying to get the most value out of your out of your product. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford, friends. I'm your host Lee Safar, and this is episode one of a five part series, and we are joined today for the very first time by Sarah Moroki. Did I say it right? Yes. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast for the first time. Sarah, you are from Vuna Consulting, correct? Mm-hmm. Vuna Origin Consulting. Yes. Origin Consulting. Thank you for being here. This is a pleasure to have you here. We put out a call on LinkedIn and said, who should we have on the podcast? I think three separate people said you have to have Sarah on. And I'm like, well, clearly I have to have Sarah on. So Sarah, we're going to talk in this series about selling more coffee for a better price or for better prices. And we are going to do this from the perspective of the coffee producer. We're not talking about roasted coffee here. We are talking about green coffee here because that's the part of the supply chain that you occupy. Why don't we start this series off by you telling us what you do? So I am, I've been in coffee since 2007, mainly um, working um, in producing countries. That's where I started. I started mm-hmm. my career in Tanzania. Um, working, my first coffee project was to build a washing station, um, in the Western part of Tanzania. So, um, unlike many folks that get in as baristas or roasters, I started on the other side and I never really left uh, green coffee. I always felt very comfortable, um, working with cooperatives, producer organizations, local exporters in optimizing their operations, their quality, and then help them find the right markets for uh, for their coffee. So yeah, I'm definitely um, more comfortable in the green coffee space than anywhere else. Love it. In this series, as we said, we're going to be talking about selling more coffee for a better price. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about the coffee industry from the perspective of professionals at origin. Now, this is a lot of the consulting work that you do and the educational work that you're doing at origin. So tell us specifically about the education that you guys are doing through Vuna Origin Consulting. Um, and how that ties into the perspective that those professionals at Origin see the industry, because I suspect it's very different than what the consuming professionals at the consuming end are seeing the right. the industry. Right. Well, when I um, when I started um, uh, Vuna, I I often asked uh, my clients. What what do you want? What do you need? What mm-hmm. is your most uh, pressing, urgent need? Um, what do you feel you're most accountable to or responsible for? And of course, you open a kind of warmth because when you talk about coffee and the trade, you talk about quality, sustainability, um, uh, then the pricing, the exporting, but there's so many issues, gender, right? So coffee somehow envelops all these other massive topics. But when you speak with the managers of an exporting company or the manager of a washing station, the most pressing need is to sell more coffee at better prices. Mm. They are first and foremost accountable to the farmers that they work with, whether it's 
um, under under a cooperative umbrella, whether it's uh, just receiving cherries from uh, farmers in a specific location. That's what they need. So, Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Of course, sustainability, gender, human rights are all massive issues. Uh, traceability but at the end of the day it's it's about uh business increasing it's about business and 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 trying to get the most value out of your out of your product that's what they want um and so we built um uh, vuna all of our uh, education content and service all focuses on how to do that and Obviously, it's such a huge topic that we needed to find an anchor as a company. How do you do it? How do you mm. help them sell more coffee at better prices? There's so many angles. And so we decided to anchor it under what we call four capacity building pillars. Um, the first one is collection. How do you mm -hmm. collect coffee in, in Spanish would be a copio. Um, sales and marketing, mm -hmm. price fixing, and obviously financing. So once an organization is able to do these four things very well, then you have a much higher chance of selling coffee at better prices. Um, there is no silver bullet. And uh, too often we focus on, oh, better prices means better quality. Not always. Mm. Uh, or it means just having access to credit. Not always. Uh, it means having the best farmers with the best cherries. Not always. Mm. The problem is that it's these four pillars together and the strategies that go underneath each that make a difference. And of course, um, if these are the four capacity building pillars, then we also develop what we call a maturity map. All organizations mm. are different. A cooperative of 50 members versus a local exporter uh, that has, you know, an outreach program of 3000 farmers, very different animals. So based on their maturity on when they are in collection, sales, price fixing, and finance, then we develop courses to meet them where they are. And together, we try to establish what uh, uh, what the dreamland looks like for them. And we try to get as much as possible to that dreamland. And you realize that people, every organization actually has very different dreams. Dreamlands. And hope. <laughs> yeah, very different dreamlands. Everybody's is a little bit different. So our job is to try to get them as close as possible. Um, and, 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 and that's where um, we, we meet our clients and where I find personally my, my passion joy. to keep going and joy. And even if, you know, the industry never misses a chance to let us down to a certain extent, uh, <laughs> but you need to find joy uh, to keep going. So that's, that's where my motivation comes from. Where, so when people come in to, um, the to understand these four pillars, I suspect that the way that they see the industry before they understand all of this versus how they see the industry after they understand mm. these four pillars, I suspect that they're two different things. Am I seeing that correctly or am I off on that? No, you're not off. Um, I think that while I am not a manager of a cooperative, let's say, or of a local uh -huh. export, um, if, if I try to put myself in their shoes for a moment, um, 
what I see is a very finicky industry, mm-hmm. um, a, an industry that changes direction a lot. There's, there's, it's driven by consumer trends. It's driven by uh, uh, folks. Yeah. So uh, it's hard. I, I feel like they're always playing catch up. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what they do. They do. They feel that the, the industry moves very fast um, and that they need to catch up. And there's always something new, uh, something, uh, a new topic that they have to worry about, a new issue that they have to deal with. Um, and they have to keep up with consumer demands, people that they don't know, culturally, probably very distant. Uh, but it's their job to fill that gap. And while at the same time remaining true to their base, which is farmers, um, uh, growing coffee growing communities and with their needs and their dreamland and what they want to hope for. So I feel like uh, folks in in this position uh, are are really torn because I think that they feel accountable to the members, the farmers on the one hand, but they feel like if they if they don't stay and catch up with the industry and and meet their demands, they're just going to be left behind, which happens all the time. There's mm. especially cooperatives, which are probably the most underfunded um, organizations in producing countries. At some point, they just can't compete anymore, and they get they 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 disappear. They get swallowed. They you know they get bought, uh, or they are just not competitive. They go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough. And and I think that, the, you know, when you when you see managers attending uh, coffee events, whether it's World of Coffee, whether it's uh, Expo or other, there are so many coffee events in consuming countries these days. I feel that they see an opulence of uh, investment, attention, um, even in a way allow me to say superficiality i don't even know mm-hmm. if that's an english word but it is an english word you're okay. you're knocked it out of the park right and they feel like wow that's just so different from my reality you know you attend some mm. of the parties uh, you see people you know having fun drinking competing um just generally having a good time and i have this image stuck in my head with this guy from thailand who runs an export company that says so much opulence um right. and we don't have there's so much money and so superficial, and I think inside they carry the burden and 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 the, the, of the people that they work for on behalf of them. So it, it it's a very I think mm. it's a very conflictual role um, that they um, that they that they play, and they know that the the odds are stacked against them. Um, they see the consolidation happen at origin. Um, they they see um, how ra- how tough it is compete on to compete on price. Um, but they keep going, right? They are some of the most right. resilient in the industry, um, and and they're still there. So uh, I, I think that's what they see from the industry: finicky, demanding, changes direction a lot, hard to keep up with. Um, little bit of superficiality uh, involved and the focus never really on them. So they're super proud to be a part of this industry then? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that they're development workers first um, and then later. Yeah. And, and in fairness, the part that really does grind on me about these expos that we go to is that they're um, they are superficial. They are 
a way that people escape their everyday life, the parties that are put on, are put on by the equipment manufacturers in our industry mostly. And they are one of three of the big winners in our industry. The banks, the landlords, and the equipment manufacturers are the three stakeholders in the coffee value chain that actually make the most profit. It's not the actual custodians of the coffee that are making the money. And so, of course, they are the ones that are putting on these parties and giving everybody the opportunity to have a great time because the majority of the people that are going to these parties in their everyday life, these are not the kinds of parties that they're going to. They're not throwing those kinds of parties. And so, of course, we're creating a superficial environment for both ends of the supply chain Because the producers are coming to these events and they're thinking, well, these people live like this every day. And the cafes, uh, the staff and and the cafe owners are coming to this and they're saying, well, I never get to drink this kind of wine or this kind of champagne because I'm living off next to nothing. And we're creating a superficial environment where everyone's wondering, well, I'm not making this money. Like uh, I'm clearly not doing anywhere near as well as everybody else is doing because I know what I'm not making. And these people all look like they're having a very peaceful, fun time. And I wish that there was a way that we could manage expectations so that people understood this is a very, very difficult business to make money in, no matter where you are, unless you are a bank, a landlord, or uh, an equipment manufacturer. But I really appreciate the, uh, the understanding of what the perspective the producer has of the industry because I'm not sure that we're hearing enough of that being articulated um, and the entitlement. Uh, we definitely hear coffee producers on this podcast say, you know, how come on the other end of the supply chain, cafe owners are driving around with Porsches and are driving. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's not a lot of cafe owners that are driving around with Porsches. For sure. a, lot of, a lot of them can barely pay their own salaries and they go months without getting a salary. And there's this disconnect of what's going on. We have to find a way, and as the whole this whole series is about selling more coffee for a better prices, I know we're talking about green coffee, but that also applies, in my opinion, to roasted coffee and coffee in the cup because the whole thing is fragmented and it doesn't make any sense that people are running businesses that are at 3% net profit and calling that successful. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. Mm. So it's it's funny because – one of the feedback that sometimes I get from working uh, with exporters and cooperatives is the scrutiny of their business model um, uh, is huge from the industry. How often have we right. seen folks, whether it's from NGOs or importers or yep. other, saying, go to a corporate and say, all right, open your books. Transparency. Transparency. Yeah, transparency. Open your books. <laughs> Let me see what your inefficiencies are because we half of us it, sometimes it's just the bias, right? You assume mm. you're the one with the problem, right? I'm coming here. You're you have a problem. Maybe you don't even know what it is. So here I am. Open your books, and I will find your inefficiencies. And then we bring these case studies and see. This is why farmers are not making money. Um, this is why certifications are not working. This mm. is why. So the scrutiny on the financial sustainability of cooperatives and exporter is very high. Mm-hmm. And it's not all just negative scrutiny. We generally want them to succeed and we need 100%. to look at books, 
right? How often do we say, do farmers really get paid what they need through certification, the audits and everything? And it's fine. But on the other side, I, it's only now that we're starting to hear that uh, cafes and, 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 and roasteries and business owners on this side of the chain are having, you know, are struggling. And there isn't that much money going around. People are not, as you said, mm. driving ports. But that's still the image that we have. Oh, yeah. And have that scrutiny uh, on, on the other side. I mean, I don't know how many people walk to a roaster and say, hey, let's open your books, shall we? No, let's see. Get offended how, by that. Yeah. Right? How offensive. But we expect that level of transparency mm-hmm. um, on cooperatives, on exporters. We want to know how much uh, they are paying their. They're, they're farmers. We want to know um, how much their operational costs, whether mm. they are investing in the right things. Um, we want audits and so forth. But then on the other side, it's like, oh, that's a that, that, you know that's a business question that you can't ask. Why are you intruding in somebody's business? But we do this all the time uh, on the other side. And 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 the problems obviously arise. But then we can also say that. Actually, specialty coffee roasters are not making that much money. Why is that? Right? But we don't want to talk about that. How many roasters um, survive on investments or need investments in order to mm. stay open, grow? Um, and without it, you're just stuck with a cafe. Uh, once again, you see, from the perspective of somebody at origin, it's the focus is on me. The scrutiny is on me. I need to catch up. I need to keep up. Everybody I need to else adapt. Doing, I need to adapt. Everybody else is doing fine in the industry. Somehow we're the only ones who don't get it right. And Which is not, not true. It's not, it's not the reality. No, we're bending the reality. We're bending their reality um, yeah. because it serves our purpose to feel like all the problems are where we're like othering the problems. And we have right. this, allow me to say maybe white saviorism going on like oh, I I, hear, yeah. let me parachute me in Nicaragua and let me fix all your issues because surely I know better that makes me feel better about not having to address my own issues then right yeah, exactly <laughs> a little bit a little bit um we're going to, in the next episode, folks, talking about building communities of export, experts, not exports, communities of experts at origin. So join us in the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter, everyone. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.